0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Father, we just, we just thank you for the blood. If we just take a moment, because that's what tonight's really about, Father God, is remembering the sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb. For you so loved the world that you sent your son, the spotless one, the one to pay the price for humanity, the only one that could. There had to be a death so there could be new life. There had to be a sacrifice so there could be a resurrection, Father God. And so we thank you tonight as we're reminded of what Jesus has done for all of us on the cross and, and, and how he gave himself, Father God, to the brutality of it all so that we could live beautifully. We could have new life and new hope and new tomorrow, Father God, because our sins had been paid for. The separation from God, the gap had been closed, Father God, and now we take on a righteousness not of ourselves, but because of what Jesus has done, and now we can stand before a holy God and become sons and daughters of the only true and living God. Oh, the blood of Jesus that made it all possible. All oh, the blood of Jesus, Lord, that still speaks today. Oh, the blood of Jesus that still washes. Oh, the blood of Jesus still has life. Oh, the blood of Jesus still has power. Oh, the blood of Jesus that still heals. Oh, the blood of Jesus that still delivers and sets free and restores in Jesus' name. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the blood, Father God. And tonight, that's what we remember, we honor with our time here, Father God, with our prayers, with our reading, with our worship, with our hearts, with our lives. Father God, we thank you for the sacrifice, Lord, and we look always to bring glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, everybody. Can we give another round of applause there? You can be seated. You can be seated. You know, it's it's an interesting service. I was uh, visiting with a family earlier that this is the first uh, Good Friday service we've done. We had one scheduled last year. The COVID came, and so I was looking forward to it because I was realizing every year I'm looking at, you know, the Easter weekend, and we focus on the resurrection, and that's right and, and good and all that, but we can't forget the sacrifice. There's not a resurrected life without a sacrificial death. Amen. And there's not freedom from sin without the spotless Lamb paying the price. And so uh, we needed to take some time and I think tonight. But it's it's not the resurrection service. It's a little bit, not a it's not a down, it's kind of it's just a little bit of reverence and just that that the reality of what Jesus endured for us. And not that I want to take tonight and talk about the brutality of what he experienced, although it is real. It is important to be reminded of that. But it's just as horrific as what he experiences. What he, physically, what he did for us spiritually is astounding. It's amazing. It really is. And so I want to take some time tonight and talk about that, our sacrifice that Jesus made. And, and probably everybody that's having a Good Friday service and have already had, because across the world, the time zones, probably everybody that has stood before a group of people have said, it's a Good Friday for you and I, how good it was for Jesus. And I got to think, I said, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to be the one guy that doesn't say it. And I couldn't resist. It's like this, rate. It's just pressure I'd be kicked out of the club I guess I don't know if I didn't but but the truth of that is I believe it was still a good Friday for him because even though he had to endure so much his greatest love was you and I and his mission was to reduce the separation or actually eliminate the separation between a sinful man and a holy god there was no for him there was no greater honor there was no greater mission than to be the one that was able to do that and so he lived his life and gave his life willingly to be able to be your sacrifice and mine. And so we are so grateful and thankful. I love the songs. every song I turned to my wife said, I love this song. And she finally said this. she finally looked at me and said, It's because they're old ones. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, there's something about those old songs, word songs about the blood and the power of Jesus that does still have life. And to be reminded of that tonight, I think is absolutely special. And so I want to share some things on my heart from the word. And you heard the readings and I. I was impressed, felt impressed to read another thing that we had read a little bit, but I just want to read this part to you before I get into the things that are on my heart. And it says this in Isaiah 53, he is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did esteem him not. Surely he has borne our griefs, excuse me, and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of sin of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, he opened not his mouth." Isaiah 53 was written hundreds of years before Jesus actually not only was born, but then before he gave his life as a sacrifice. It was God's plan, God's intended plan from the beginning of mankind, from the fall in the garden to be able to redeem you and I and knowing that it had to come from a perfect sacrifice. And so all throughout the Old Testament, you see prophecies pointing to what we're celebrating this weekend and them coming true. And I think it's important to understand and realize rather that when you look at this time and season and you look at what we're talking about on a crucifixion, that of all times, God would bring his sacrificial lamb to the earth. And, and I, I would submit to you that God saw the time when man probably had created the greatest, most horrible, terrible way of death, crucifixion. I don't know if you look through all history, there was a greater way for someone to die. And so I believe once God looked and Jesus looked down and he said, I need to go and experience everything to the full, so now's the time. Rome did not create, the Roman soldiers did not create crucifixion. I don't know it's very pertinent to the story, but they perfected it. And they did so in a way that was absolutely horrible and brutal, and that's the time God said, this is now when you need to go and be the sacrifice because you need to experience it, the entirety of the brutality of humanity so that they don't have to. What I want to share, what I want to share to you uh, tonight, is I want to not focus on the physical realities, no matter how terrible they are, and I want to look at the spiritual realities because they're I mean, absolutely incredible. But we needed to remember, be reminded of what Jesus did endure for you and I. But let's look at another aspect of why that is important for you and I today, because what Jesus did on the cross is really what makes Friday good, and we, we need to learn as what happened to Christ on the cross when we are saved is in a very real sense what's happened to you and I spiritually. In other words, when he died, we died. Take a look at Romans 6.2 for me. Romans 6.2. Here's what it says. Romans 6.2 NIV says, We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And then Romans 6.6 6. Just a few scriptures more says this, we died to sin. Now it says this in verse six, for we know that our old self was crucified with him. In other words, when he died, when he was crucified, in a sense, we who all believe in Christ were crucified with him. We died with him as well. In a sense, it's if we died with him. And let's take a look in Colossians two, because we see Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul really talking about this idea of what happened with Jesus and how it happens with us in order to understand the significance and importance of what we're honoring tonight, we need to understand the words of Paul. He basically says there's three things about Jesus' death, three things that died with Christ that day. So Colossians 2, let me read the passage, verses 13 through 15. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation, then I'll talk about a few points out of it. But listen to what it says here. It says, you were dead because of your sins, and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins." He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Good news, what Jesus did on the cross, not only what he did through his physical suffering and sacrifice, but also some of the things that spiritually happen makes this a good Friday for you and I. And what we saw the Apostle Paul explaining or talking about here, three things that he did on the cross is, number one, at the cross, your death died with Jesus. Your death died with Jesus. Now, in order to really understand that statement, we need to realize that there are really three kinds of death. What kind of death are we talking about here? Uh, You were dead because of your sins. It says in Colossians 2.13, we already saw that, but you were dead because of your sins. So what death is it talking about? What's Paul talking about? Your death. What kind of death? There's three kinds of death told us in the book of Romans. Number one, there's a physical death, and that means a separation physically from the ones that we love. And that's the one that probably brings us the most sorrow, most grief. There's a death that we experience in life, a separation from the living, if you will. Another type of death is a spiritual death. And that's what he's talking about here. And that is separation from God. You die a spiritual death. You are separated from God, a physical death. You're separated from the living. And then there's an eternal death that's described in Romans. And it says this, there's a separation from living and God forever. A separation from the living and God forever. Three types of death. Here we're talking about the spiritual death, the separation from God. You were dead because of your sins. And verse 13 also goes on to say, but God made you alive with Christ. See, on the cross, Jesus destroyed spiritual death for everyone who would believe in him. In other words, he destroyed separation from God. That's what he did on the cross. He destroyed separation from God. So a sinful man taking on the righteousness of Christ, a righteous not of ourselves because of the perfect sacrifice, now can have a relationship with a holy God. Justice was satisfied because of Jesus' sacrifice. 2 Timothy 1.10 NIV New International Version says this, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death. He's destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He has destroyed death and has brought life. He destroyed separation from God, and in its place, he brought spiritual life. That happened from what Jesus did on the cross. No longer are we separated from God, but alive with him. Amen? We are alive to God. We're aware of God. We're walking with God. We have a knowledge of God. He made us spiritually alive at the cross. And Colossians 2.13 again says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins. He forgave. God made you alive in Christ and he forgave all your sins. At the cross, your death, your spiritual death, your separation from God died with Jesus. The second thing we saw what Paul was talking about here at the cross that took place was your debt died with Jesus. Your debt died with Jesus. Look at Colossians 2. Let's read 13 through 14 in the English Standard Version, the ESV. Listen to the wording here. That he has forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling, listen to the wording, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross, having forgiven us all our trespasses. And as far as I know, the definition of all is all (laughs) Not just some, not just a few, not just the really bad ones, not the most recent ones because the others now they're long gone and what does it matter, right? It's all. And it's also all that you ever will commit. He forgave all our trespasses, all of them, every single one. How? The scripture says, by canceling the record of our debt. On the cross, God placed on Christ all of our sins. And Paul talks about our sins as a record of debt. Now that here in the Greek, the wording, going back to the original language, is the, the word, it's the only time you see it translated this way in the New Testament. And it's basically, it's, it's really what it means is a bill, that there's a bill that has to be paid. The wording might even be receipt, that you have been receipted for what you have done in a sense, like if you were to go out, maybe you're going to go out tonight after, after tonight, you're going to go get something to eat with some friends and all of a sudden you're ordering some food and, and then for the Dunkins, it's chips and salsa. That's how it all starts, right? And then, and then we work in some, some more food and, and then you go with somebody else and all of a sudden here comes the bill and, and they hand it to you and then your friends the one it goes, oh, they pull the, oh, I forgot, I forgot my wallet trick, right? <laughs> but the bill has to be paid, right? Doesn't it? It still has to be paid. Someone's got to pay the bill. That's the word right here that Paul's using in the Greek. It's that you have a bill that needs to be paid. Somebody has to pay it. Paul is saying our life has a record of every single thing you ordered, every single thing you did, every thought, every evil thought, every evil word, every action, every violation of God's law. It has been recorded and it's on a bill. It's your bill for your sin. And the bill goes on for miles. I mean, I thought about how could I illustrate, but I think I, didn't, I couldn't find enough paper. <laughs> we got a long enough aisle maybe to roll it all the way out there. Couldn't find enough paper because the reality is in our humanity, that's where we, we slip and fall. We all fall short. And there's a bill, a record of every single thing we've ever done that needed to be paid. And Colossians 2.14, same passage, a different translation. Listen to the wording here. Having canceled... The certificate of death, of debt rather, I'm sorry, the certificate of debt, having paid our bill, in other words, consisting of uh, decrees against us, which was hostile to us. Consisting of decrees against us, which is hostile. Listen to the warning. Which was hostile to us. In other words, your debt just isn't a debt. It's an enemy. It's hostile to you. Ah, it's just a debt. No, 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 no. It works against you. It keeps you from doing and fulfilling things that God has. Your your debt isn't a debt, it's just an an enemy. It's working against you. It's something that stands accusing you. It's something that stands condemning you as something that would seal your fate for all time and for all eternity as separated from God. And listen, it was hopeless because you and I do not have the power or ability to pay it. It was beyond us. But Jesus, our sacrificial lamb, the work he did on the cross, the scripture says he canceled or paid our debt. Nothing you and I could do, so he stepped in, and that's the good news. Paul says, at the cross, your debt died with Jesus. Colossians 2.14, the ESV says this, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. That word canceling, in fact, if you look at that word canceling right there by canceling in the Greek, it literally means, it's a very dramatic word, it's a very powerful word, it literally means to Eraser, it's describing erasing an entire book. I mean, it's just not like a little mistake, right? It talks about erasing an entire book. So in other words, the book of your life, all the bill that needs to be paid, it's as if when Jesus went to the cross, he made it possible to erase. It's like he's erasing every page, every page of your life, every page. He's erasing it where it no longer exists. It's now it's perfectly clean and washed clean and there's not a mark on it against you anymore. He's canceled it. He's erased it all. By his blood, he has washed it clean for what he did on the cross. The book or let me, the volumes of our life. <laughs> so I'm like, well, mine's only like that. Well, mine's not. Mine's probably like that. I don't know. But it's the page after page. It doesn't matter how big you think it is or actually it is. He erased it all. Washed clean. Washed it clean. I love that. And when you come to Christ, that big book on you, that big book on me was erased. He took out an eraser and erased every single page. How did He do it? He did it by washing away our sins with His blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. How does your debt die? He washed it away. He made the pages with, all your, with, with your bills on it, white as snow. Look at it again, Colossians 2.14. How did he do it? Nailing it to the cross. Look at that last phrase. Nailing it to the cross. I love that picture right there. It's one of the spirit, spiritual realities for you and I. is on the cross, your sin against you was nailed to the cross. The charges, if you will, as the wording is, was nailed to the cross, the charges against you. And it was this, and I wanted to illustrate it, it as the scripture talks about that your debt was paid, that the bill was paid by what Jesus did on the cross. As, as he was nailed, it was nailed, the scripture says, to the cross. And every word, every evil word that you have ever said, the scripture talks about, and every idle word that you have ever said is nailed to the cross. And then the thoughts and the things that you even think that God doesn't miss, you don't pay attention to, maybe. Even the evil thoughts or the things that come across your mind have been nailed to the cross. This is a really hard cross. A lot of work to nail that. And I don't know where the other one went because I'm looking into this red light right now. And so everything's red like the blood of Jesus. Everything's red. So I only see red. But let me hold up the last one. Your sins, your sins have been washed by the blood of Jesus. And the scripture says how? Because it was nailed when Jesus was nailed, nailed to the cross. Your debts, everything you owe, the bill was paid. The bill was paid. I love that. It's a spiritual reality. Your charges, my charges nailed to the cross Forever. Now, understand, that's, that's a significant illustration because what happened was when Jesus, we know the story, when they put into the cross, what they do, they, they, they created a sign. And that sign said, King of the Jews. They couldn't find really any fault in Jesus, but, they, but, but he, they, they thought he was the King of the Jews or he was saying, and people were saying it. So that was his crime. It was really true. He's the king of kings, but that was his crime. So they nailed above his head a sign talking about his crime. and said, King of the Jews. And that's what they did when they crucified people. They would put their crime up there because then it would be a deterrent. So the thieves would have thief nailed above their head or they would wear something around their neck. And it as if Jesus, as they were nailing King of the Jews and the crimes against him, the bill, they were nailing that on the cross for you and I, whatever that is, when you came to Christ, and Jesus had took that on the cross with himself. One more thing happened at the cross. At the cross, listen to this. At the cross, your enemy's demonic power died with Jesus. The enemy of your soul, the enemy of this world, Satan, and all his demonic power died with Jesus. We said this this last Sunday. On Friday night was the crucifixion. On Sunday morning was the resurrection. But on Saturday, there was an insurrection where Jesus went to hell and rose up against death, hell, and the grave and overcame for you and I. The power of the demonic forces was defeated on the cross. The enemy of your soul, his power died with Jesus. Colossians 2:15 New Living Translation says this, in this way. Now listen, in this way he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Look at what it says in the message paraphrase. I love the wording in the message paraphrase. Same scripture, Colossians two fifteen. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. I love that. He stripped them. He stripped them of their power. He stripped them of their authority and he marched them as being defeated and conquered ones in front of everyone and everything. The picture is so powerful because what happened in the day as Paul was writing this, he was reminded of the Roman conquest of the day when the Romans would go and it wouldn't be just a battle, when they would utterly defeat a hostile enemy, what they would do when they would come back to Rome and they would come back and they would march through the streets of Rome. The emperor would be there and they would come with the generals of the army. They would come with the mighty warriors of the army. And so what would happen is the the generals would lead the, the procession into the city and then it would be followed by soldiers of Rome and then it would be followed by all the plunder, everything they took from the enemy. And then last, it would be the conquered Generals, the conquered leaders, the conquered warriors. And what happened is they stripped them of everything, as the scripture describes, and they marched them in chains. And what they would say is, Look at one who you were afraid of at one point in time. Look at the one who you thought had power. Look at the one who you were afraid of and living in fear. And you thought, There's no way I can overcome. You were living in fear that they would do something of harm to you. Look what has happened. They have been stripped of everything, they have been defeated. And now they're being marched through where everybody's saying, I am no longer longer afraid that is a conquered foe they have no power over me they have no more authority that is what Jesus did on the cross to the enemy of our soul stripped of everything and love that analogy paul is just reminding all of them the writings of the day of what would happen when an enemy was defeated and remember the people you heard heard so much about that you thought had so much power that terrorized you and that you were living in fear from. Remember the enemy that you thought would invade us and that we couldn't, be, we couldn't defeat them or they couldn't be defeated? Remember, look at them now. Stripped of everything. Stripped. They have nothing, nothing to fear from them any longer. Nothing to be afraid of. He disarmed. The original language meant he stripped. He stripped them of their power, stripped them of authority. On the cross, Jesus Christ stripped demonic power and authority. On the cross, he rendered Satan ineffective in life the life of a believer. He exposed them. He defeated them. And so we could see how powerless they really are. He showed them publicly. He took the victory the enemy thought he had won by nailing Jesus to the cross. And he thought that he had finally defeated the Son of God. He thought that he had triumphed. And Jesus went down into the grave and went to hell and defeated the enemy there and took everything from him. That's what happened at the cross. And so now he is powerless against his people. Why do we call it Good Friday? Because at the cross, your, your spiritual death died. Your separation from God ended. To as many as believed him and received him, he gave them the right to be called the children of God, sons and daughters of the king. Why do we call it Good Friday? Because at the cross, your debt died with Jesus That record, that bill of life and sin nailed to the cross, and the record erased by the blood of Jesus, totally gone. That's why there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus because it's been erased, it's gone. There's no record of your sin. So don't you bring it back up again because He's not. Why do we call it Good Friday? Because at the cross, your enemy's demonic power died with Christ, He was stripped, He was defeated. And he was shown to be powerless. That's why it's Good Friday. It's because the son came to give himself as a sacrifice that death might die. Debts might be canceled. And demonic power might be broken. That's why this is important. To be reminded of what Jesus did. Not just physically, the physical brutality that he went through. But what he won for you and I. How astounding the the, the things that happened spiritually for you and I because of what happened at the cross, and so that's why we gather, and that's why we sing the songs we sing and read the readings we read and, and to be reminded of what really happened that day, what happened for you and I that night, not, not what he endured physically, but spiritually, he, he endured a separation from his father who he'd never been separated from before. There was no reason to be, but he did and endured all that so we could truly live, and that's what this night is about. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.